Welcome, everybody, to the first of the Friday Double Dip here on Keyboard Kimura. I am E. Spencer Kite. These are the Punch Drunk Predictions for UFC Charlotte. Takes place 9 a.m. start time out here on the west coast of Canada on ABC, on TSN in Canada, I believe. It's a great card. I've talked about it all week. I'm really excited for this card. I love the main card. There's some interesting fights on the prelims. We're not going to waste much time. We're going to dive right into this. And here we go. From the main event down, Jairzinho Rosenstrike and Jailton Almeida in the headlining fight. And my pick here is Almeida. I do think Rosenstrike presents some challenges. Obviously, I think he presents some dangers to Jailton Almeida. He is a big hitter. He is the first legitimate top 15 fighter that he's faced. No disrespect. Well, a little bit of disrespect to Shamil Abdurahimov. But I do think that the grappling advantage that Jelton Almeida carries into this fight is going to be significant. And the thing that determines the outcome of this fight, I think we see him pretty quickly and pretty early go out there, look for a takedown, look for a double leg, look for even a low single, maybe even an ankle pick to just put Rosenstrike on the ground. And then from there, it's domination until we get a finish. And I think, I also think that that's how that, this fight is going to end. I do think, and, and Almeida talked about it when we spoke this week, he is more finish driven. He is more finish focused than a lot of guys in this sport. He's not looking to just control position. He'll actually kind of give up a little bit of the positional strength and positional benefits to chase something and get after something and put people to decisions, to dilemmas, as Harry would like to say. And so I do think we see that. I think Almeida gets a takedown relatively early. It stays on the canvas. He gets a finish, moves to 5-0 and with five finishes, gets a bump up next time out, and is in that conversation of... Is this a guy we really need to worry about in the heavyweight division? Spoiler alert. I think so. I have a piece up on OSDB Sports right now that you can go and check out that discusses it. I think I'll made as a contender inside of the next two years. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see this man fighting for UFC gold in the not too distant future. He is that good. I think he gets a round one finish. If not round one, gets into round two. Gets the finish nonetheless, moves to 5-0 and in the UFC, extends the winning streak, earns a spot in the top 10, and an even bigger matchup next time out. Co-main event, Anthony Smith and Johnny Walker. My pick here is Anthony Smith, and it's not without a little bit of hesitation. Johnny Walker has looked better over these last couple fights. He presents some challenges for anybody, Anthony Smith included, because of his length, because he can be awkward, because he carries some power, but I think all things being equal, Anthony Smith is the more complete, the more cerebral, and the more fully dangerous fighter of the two. And that's maybe going to sound weird to some people because Johnny Walker has hit some wild finishes, but I think that those wild finishes, especially early, were more a function of, or as much a function of the guys he was facing as his abilities himself. Anthony Smith isn't going to fall for any of the Johnny Walker ridiculousness. He's too savvy. He's too smart. He's too experienced. He's got a great team in his corner in Mark Montoya and the rest of the Factory X crew. I think this looks very similar to Anthony Smith's fight 
with Ryan Span and with tinges of Johnny Walker's win over Ryan Span. I think there's going to be points early in this fight where Johnny Walker lands something and Anthony Smith has to not scramble to recover, but recognize the threat and then come forward. And I think that happened for both guys against Ryan Span. For, for Anthony Smith, he kind of got back up and got on the offensive and got the finish. Johnny Walker, amidst the chaos, found a finish himself. But I think overall, the experience, the poise, the greater, fuller skill set favors Smith. So I'm going with Lionheart in this one. Move to the welterweight feature bout of the evening. Daniel Rodriguez and Ian Machado Gary. I I wavered on this one. I'm I'm torn on this one. I am picking Ian Gary to get the victory. And it's not out of disregard for how dangerous and how good I think Daniel Rodriguez is. I thought long and hard about picking D-Rod here because I think he is the kind of technical, fundamentally sound, polished fighter that can give Ian Gary troubles. We saw as my guy Dan Tom pointed out in his Southpaw report that he posts on his Twitter feed at Dan Tom MMA that Jordan Williams gave Ian Gary some trouble with that those left hands. Daniel Rodriguez can do the same thing and he's a better fighter than Jordan Williams. The reason I, I lean Gary and the reason I'm picking Gary is overall full depth of skills. I think we see a lot of low kicks. I think that leads to high kicks. I think that leads to just a lot more movement, a lot more fluidity from Ian Gary. Daniel Rodriguez is a lot more stationary. He's much more of a, you come to me and I will pick you off. I don't think Gary's going to give him opportunities that much to pick him off. And so I think the future goes out, chops away at the lead leg, mixes in some high kicks. Not sure if he gets a finish. D-Rod is tough to put away, although he is coming in off a, a submission loss to Neil Magny. But I think Gary gets the victory, continues this undefeated run, gets a number next to his name, and then we're getting into some really entertaining fights in the second half of this year. But I'm picking the Irishman to remain undefeated. And so we go forward that way. Back to the light heavyweights, Carlos Alberg and Ihor Pretoria. My pick here is Alberg. I think he is developing into a very interesting dark horse in this division. I think we kind of look back to the loss against Kennedy and Zechiku and are a little bit anchored to it, are a little bit rooted to it without giving him the credit for the victories that he's put up. Now, those names that he's beaten, the guys that he's beaten, Fabio Charant, Tefan Chukwi, and Nick Negumarianu haven't had a great deal of success overall in the UFC. But to me, this is more a representation of the growth and development of Alberg than the level of competition. I think he's somebody that as he continues to go up the divisional ladder at light heavyweight is going to be able to continue to have success because the fundamentals are so sharp, because the power is there, because the coaching and the experiences, the coaching is certainly there. The experience is coming. I think we see that further growth, further evolution on Saturday against Pretoria, who is a guy that, while he presents dangers, while he presents some things that, that Alberg will need to be worried about and focused on, he also feels like somebody that can go out there and get hit and walk onto a big right hand. 
Carlos Olberg dropped Tafon Chukwe with a jab. Ihor Pretoria is going to be available for that jab and many other shots. And I think Alberg gets the victory. Main card opener, Alex Morono and Tim Means. I am siding with Alex Morono. This is, for me, a couple of different things. One, I think Alex Morono is the more dynamic overall fighter. He moves a little better. It's a little more fluid. There's a little more bounce and movement and speed to the way that he moves around the cage. Better footwork, all of those things. I also think that Tim Means is just starting to, we're starting to see the miles pile up. We're starting to see all the wear and tear, all the years that he's been doing this, catch up to him a little bit. He's been finished in his last couple of fights. I don't necessarily know that Alex Morono gets a finish because he's not been a finisher in the UFC. I know that he's chasing one. I know that he would really like one this weekend, having talked to him for a story that is up on the UFC website and will be available tomorrow in the My Week in Words post that will be up on the Substack. I know he's looking for it. I think he's dangerous in every realm. I think it might be there, but overall, we're just we're just picking fights on this portion of the show. And so my pick is Morono. I think he gets it done. He gets back into the win column after coming close to, to extending the winning streak to five last time out against Santiago Ponzinibbio before getting caught late in the third round of that fight. Move to the prelims. Five on the main card, six on the prelims now because we lost Natan Levy and Pete Rodriguez. It closes out with the Battle of Veterans in the welterweight division, Matt Brown and Court McGee. And I'm leaning Matt Brown here. With all due respect to my guy, Court McGee, I just think that seeing Matt Brown go out and have a good, competitive, entertaining fight with Brian Barberina last March in his backyard in Columbus was a better effort than anything I've seen from Cord in the last few years. This isn't strictly a Cord got knocked out last time pick. This is knocked out last time, beat Ramiz Brahima before that by just grinding him down. The last two wins before that actually were both just standard, typical Court McGee fights where he gets inside, he grinds, he takes you down. It's just that constant pressure. Well, Matt Brown is going to welcome you into the clinch. And so I just think that the immortal dials one up here. I think he finds a home for some elbows. I think he finds a home for some knees and some Muay Thai work in general and becomes an underdog that maybe gets a victory. And, and maybe we'll talk about that on the second half of this show that'll post a little later, the Keyboard Kimura betting show. Move back to the heavyweight division, Carl Williams and Chase Sherman. My pick here, obviously, if you've been paying attention all week is Carl Williams. I don't think Chase Sherman has a lot to offer, generally speaking, at this level. Now, I don't know whether Carl Williams is somebody that can go out here and blow through Chase Sherman. I don't know if he's somebody that is going to become a factor in this division at 33 years old, but still relatively young in his fighting career. That ceiling is undefined. Those questions have yet to be answered. But I do think just from a athletic and skill standpoint, he will be able to go out here, wrestle Chase Sherman to the ground, probably get a finish. If he can't, as I said all week, it's going to tell us some stuff. But I think on Saturday, we see Carl Williams get a second consecutive UFC victory, hand Chase Sherman another loss, and then we move forward. 
Bantamweights, Cody Stamen and Douglas Silva in a catchweight bout at 140. Cody Stamen is my pick here. And it's, it's, I'm, a, I, I'm hedging. I'm a little hesitant because Douglas Silva is a wild man. He is a, he is a live wire. And he's one of those guys that against somebody like Stamen, who is fundamentally sharp, but not really explosive, not really dynamic. Silva can be a real tricky fight because he doesn't move and operate in standard ways. This isn't going to be a fight where Stamen can just stay at range, pick him apart with a jab, wrestle a little bit when he has to. Douglas Silva throws big overhands. He's got big pop for this division. He's durable. He's relentless. We saw that in the Sergey Morozov fight not too long ago. But I do think inch for inch, pound for pound, Cody Stamen has the greater overall talent. And I'm going to bank on coaching, game planning, and fundamentals in picking Cody Stamen here. Gian Kim and Mandy Bohm in the flyweight division. I am picking the South Korean fighter, Gian Kim. I haven't been impressed at all. There hasn't been anything I've seen from Mandy Bohm that I really liked that has really inspired me to side with her in any way. Maybe that changes here. Maybe it has been the level of competition she's faced or a lack of comfort in the octagon to date. But again, I think overall in terms of looking at the quality of competition, the amount of experience at this level, knowing that Gian Kim has been working hard over the last several years, and that's not to say that Mandy Bohm hasn't, but knowing the time and the energy and the efforts that Gian Kim has put in, some of the results not necessarily being there, I think she's going to be able to take this fight to Mandy Bohm who is somebody that seems to be willing to engage on the feet, which is what Gian Kim wants. I think we get another competitive back and forth, kind of close 29-28, maybe even a split decision fight. But I think this time Fire Fist comes out on the happy side of things. Back to welterweights, Brian Battle and Gabriel Green. My pick here is Green, because until Brian Battle shows me that he can stop takedowns and work his way back up, I got to pick against him in fights like this because I think, and I know that Gabe Green is a solid athlete. He's got some pop. He can wrestle. He's got conditioning. He knows how to pace himself. He knows how to pressure. And Brian Battle has, for as much as I've been impressed and intrigued by his talent and his upside, is a guy that is still a little bit too willing to let his opponents dictate terms. He's still a little bit too willing to let people come to him, dictate everything to him and have to respond. I understand that if you're a counterfighter, that's the way these things go. But it doesn't mean that you have to get backed into the fence. It doesn't mean that you have to constantly be taking that step backwards. You can be circling out. You could be moving laterally, things of that nature. But I do think that Gabriel Green comes forward, puts him against the fence, drags him to the canvas, dumps him to the canvas, and then keeps him there. And if it's lather, rinse, repeat for three rounds, because Brian Battle can't get back up or hasn't filled those gaps since his fight with Rinat Fakradinov, then that's what we're going to get. I don't necessarily think there's going to be a finish. Gabe Green isn't a big guy that's chasing finishes in that regard. Maybe it happens. But I think Gabriel Green gets the victory. And then the opener, Jessica Rose Clark, First, Tynera Lisboa making her promotional debut. I'm going to side with Clark, and it's a little bit similar to the battle and green fight 
where until you show me that you can compete at this level, that you can earn victories in the octagon, I'm going to go with the person that I've already seen it from, that I have some experience with, that I have an understanding of who they are, what they bring to the table. That being said, again, I'm not super confident in this selection. Jesse Jess has lost two straight. She was submitted in both of those. So I don't think that's necessarily a worry facing a Muay Thai fighter this weekend in Lisboa. But Jess comes into this with a bunch of questions to answer. She comes into this needing to show that she's put those losses behind her, that she's grown, that she's developed, that she can come out here and take the fight to someone that hasn't faced anywhere near this level of competition in MMA or this level of skill in MMA. But as I said, like, I'm a little bit leery of it. I'm a little bit uncertain of it. Can I see it going the other way? Yeah, I absolutely can. But I got to go with Jesse Jess just from the been here, done it. I know what I'm getting standpoint, but it's tricky. So let's run through these fights. Going through the picks one more time. You can see him up here beside me. UFC Charlotte, Jael Ten Almeida over Jarzino Rosenstrike, Anthony Smith over Johnny Walker, Ian Machado Gary over Daniel Rodriguez, Carlos Ulberg over Ihor Pretoria, Alex Morono over Tim Means, Matt Brown with the upset win over Court McGee, Carl Williams to defeat Chase Sherman, Cody Stamen to beat Douglas Silva, Gian Kim to defeat Mandy Bohm, Gabriel Green to defeat Brian Battle, and Jessica Rose Clark, Jesse Jess, Lil Thick herself to defeat Tainara Lisboa. Before we get out of here, as always, I will shout out the QR code up here. Give that a scan. It will bring you to the Spencer Kite Keyboard Kimura Substack page where you can subscribe to everything that comes out on the platform. It's the podcast version of these shows. It's any written features that I put up, such as the event recaps that go up every Saturday. There'll be some rewatch stuff. There'll be some additional featured and paywalled content going forward. So you can sign up for free to get all of the free stuff, five bucks a month or 50 bucks for the year for the full slate. It comes straight to your email. Every time something gets published, your inbox will light up with something new for me. I appreciate it. Whether you subscribe for free or put a little money in my pocket to help me continue to do these things and build this thing out. I appreciate it either way. We're happy to have you. You also see on the opposite side, my hands covered here now by, there we go, by the banner. See the name, One Bone. Again, it's on onebonebrand.com, One Bone on IG. Go check them out. Trust me. Believe me. Summer's coming. You want some fresh fits. You want some new gear. The new line dropped. The, the new styles dropped. The new colors dropped. They're amazing. They're built for summer. They're terrific. Some new tanks, some new short sleeves, all kinds of great colors, all kinds of great stuff. There's shorts. There's super comfortable pants. I can't, I can't say enough about my guys from Montreal. Shouts to Adam. Shouts to Sam. Go check out One Bone. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching the program. Enjoy the fights this weekend. We'll be back in a little bit with the betting show. But for now, we'll see you soon.